okay. Um, um all right. Do, do, do. Sup, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined by my trusted co-host, the Boston Celtics, getting false hope that they would be the first team to ever overcome a 0-3 deficit in the NBA playoffs, to the Heat crushing those hopes in somewhat hilarious fashion by blowing them out in Game 7 and advancing to the NBA Finals. It's Adam Amawala. Adam, how's it going? Cut to the Duncan Robinson holding up his hand to his ear as if to say, I can't hear you so well, Celtic fans. So... I don't know if you saw. Did you see the uh, the thing that came out today about why he did that? No, I did not. So he was on JJ Reddick's podcast, and apparently Duncan Robinson, who grew up in New England, was accidentally added to a huge group chat of Celtics fans from his high school after the Celtics won Game Six to force a Game Seven, and he said that everyone in this chat gloating that they were going to pull off the win after going down 0-3 fueled his celebration when he did the I can't hear you thing. That's awesome. Oh, man, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And also, there's no way Duncan Robinson got accidentally added. Like, that was for sure one of the people bragging, being like, oh, yo, we went to high school with Duncan. Let's put him in. Yeah, man. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So very fun stuff. I hope he did what I would do, which is just go back into the chat and then hit thumbs up on every single comment. <laughs> That's exactly what I would do because I am a petty boy and I think that would be very funny. What would be even funnier is if he did that and there was an Android in the group. So then a bunch of people just got a notification. Oh, yeah, that was just, like, Duncan mm, liked, mm. Duncan liked, Duncan emphasized, Duncan, Duncan liked, liked Duncan, Duncan loved. <laughs> Oh, shout out to when that was you uh, before you iPhone upgraded in our group chat. I'm so sorry. I feel like there needs to be some penance for my sins. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing how quickly I have become annoyed by green bubble people now as an iPhone boy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's tough, but it's also very frustrating. Now, let's talk about some basketball. In order to get ready to talk about this basketball, let's go to the place where we get centered. And that is the Teal Memorial Locker Room. Great, great soundtrack going on in the speakers in the Teal Memorial locker room. Just always playing bangers. You know, honestly, if the team that made its home in the Teal Memorial locker room were down 0-3, I would like their chances. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a place where you can really find yourself. Now, you know who doesn't need to find themselves because they found themselves in the right place? I would say our patrons. It is our patrons. Shout out to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burridge, Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Javon Ellsbury, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Bang, Bang, Roast Beef Debris, Denver Steam Nuggets, Anna Reed, Steph Curry watching NBA Finals 3s on TV. Bang! <laughs> Oh, hi, Trish. Nicole Arsenal, Stubby Boardman gets paid. Chase Underulo, Mr. Bubbles plays ball. And now a new name I see on this list, Naked Rachel. Yes, that is our most recent producer level patron, Rachel, who uh, we got some context for this patron name. Uh, apparently, Rachel is married to Nick. And if you say Nick and Rachel very quickly, it sounds like Naked <laughs> Rachel. So that is the that is the official <laughs> patron name. We absolutely love it. And there was also one final oh. note from Rachel who said, I do drink Propel, lemon blackberry being my favorite, but I don't know if I could drink a hard Propel. So we've got another hard Propel shout out. But Rachel, thank you very much for the awesome patron 
name, Naked Rachel, immediately moving to the top of our power rankings, I think. But thank you for your patronage. Thank you to all of you. And uh, Mike and I promise that we're going to be boosting up the the Patreon a bit. This is something that we've talked about. Mm-hmm, we're going to mm-hmm, make it worth mm-hmm, your while. So just, just planting that seed, right. that is something on the horizon. Yes, you may be able to hear by the quality of microphone, but I'm finally not traveling the world as I have been for the past 10 months. So it is easier for me to be able to put a little bit more into things like the Patreon because I'm not figuring out things such as what time do I have to get up for this recording? So it will <laughs> uh, it will be nice. I'm coming to you from the in-production building Shubio, the home studio, nice. where my current sound uh, dampening equipment includes some old uh, curtains that don't fit our new windows, some hoodies and stuff for sound dampening, and then a lot of paper towels and toilet paper. So getting creative with the with the sound dampening, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. But yes, we're going to add more stuff to the Patreon, which will be good and fun. And if you're considering joining the Patreon, you should do it because it's a good spot and you can do it at patreon.com slash horse hoops. Yeah, do that. Do that indeed. Now, speaking of supporting us, we also get support via sponsorship. So let's talk about our sponsor for this episode, Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon is a delivery kit service that will send you all of the instructions and ingredients to make four servings of three different cocktails that all use the same alcohol. All you need to do is provide the alcohol. They provide you with everything else in a nice cute box and the recipe cards are really nice and pretty as well. And you can make fancy drinks for yourself, your loved ones, your friends, whatever you're doing. I mean, look, the NBA finals are coming around. The WNBA season just started. Maybe you're going to have some watch parties and maybe you want to look really fancy and cool instead of just picking up some beer. You want to make some drinks and stuff. You can do it with Shaker and Spoon. And by being a horse listener, you can use the coupon code that we've got. If you go to shakerandspoon.com slash horse, you'll get $20 off your first box, which is about 50% off because they usually cost between 40 and 50 bucks. Pretty solid deal. Shakerandspoon.com slash horse. Yeah. I feel like it pairs pretty well with an NBA Finals game, does it not? I think it does. I think it does indeed. Now, before we get into other things, such as things that Adam and I have going on in the world, you'll hear some advertisements by some sponsors to make it feasible for us to do this and make money from it. So you'll hear a couple more ads that get inserted, and then we'll get back to uh, the episode. And now we are back. Adam, you got anything fun going on in your life? I know you got an L.A. show. I do, I do. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out, I will be performing tomorrow night in Santa Monica at The Crow Comedy Club. It is a great venue that uh, that Shubes was at earlier this year. He can attest to it. The owner, Nicole, is one of the loveliest people uh, in the world, possibly. Really, really great person. And uh, if you are in the L.A. area, I would love for you to come out. That's going to be at 8 o'clock on Tuesday, June 6th. So please, yeah, come out, get tickets. It's cheaper if you buy tickets in advance. So I think if you're basically in advance means other than at the door. So you can still get access to those cheaper tickets. And the big piece of news is that the show that I was the lead in, uh, we interviewed Bobby Friedman, the uh, the writer and director recently, Undercover Comic is now officially streaming on Amazon Prime Video. <sighs> It is happening. I know what I'm doing tonight, baby. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So it's on Amazon Prime. You can purchase each episode for 99 cents or all six episodes for $5. So not a lot of money there. Uh, It will, we believe, eventually be streaming for free on places like Roku and Tubi. But for the moment, it's on Amazon Prime. It costs a little bit of money, but uh, I think very much worth your five bucks. And uh, I'm incredibly proud of it. And I, I look forward to hearing what people think. That is awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, we just recently put together all of our couch and TV and stuff, so can watch it. That'll be super fun. Binge it. It's like an hour and a half and you'll that'll be that. What do you have coming up? I know you got some live shows on the horizons here. 
I do. I do. I had some other shows recently, which was super fun. Got to do Seattle in Canada. But now I've got a run of stuff in the Midwest in June. So Cleveland, Detroit, Toronto on June 14th, 16th and 18th. Then Hartford, Connecticut, July 15th. And then Chicago, Milwaukee, Minneapolis on August 7th, 8th and 10th, respectively. Then later in the future, we've got D.C., Philly and New York. But tickets are not live for those yet. But if you want to get tickets for any of the other cities I mentioned, you can go to Shubes, S-C-H-U-B dot E-S slash tour. And that is that. So uh, I think now we could get into NBQ&A. Yeah, let's do that. We got a question from one of our listeners, Dan. The subject is coaches in the NBA. And the message is as follows. Hey, Mike and Adam, I love the podcast. It has really sparked my love for basketball over the past few years. We love to hear that. My question is about coaching in basketball, I guess more specifically in the NBA. From your perspective, what are the roles of a coach slash assistant coach of an NBA team? How much do they participate in the overall scheme? I feel like coaches often become a scapegoat when teams aren't doing well and can be let go of easily. As a Sixers fan trying desperately to trust the process, we just saw Doc Rivers uh, let go despite an overall amazing year. Uh, But another coaching legend like Pop can be with the team forever. What can a team hope for in a great coach? How much can they be to blame if a team doesn't meet slash exceed expectations? Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. All right, so a lot to digest there, but I guess let's start with the assistant coach question. What I always wonder about as well, Dan, so you're not alone here, there are so many people on these staffs that I'm always like, what does that person do? Because there's like 12 people seated Uh behind Steve Kerr, whoever it is, where I'm like, what is, is that like just the free throw expert guy? Yeah. So I actually read a really interesting book about the Suns called Seven Seconds or Less. It's about one of the Suns teams in the mid 2000s. I want to say either the 05 or the 06 Suns. And it was basically just an author just following around the team, just writing about what happened for a whole season. Very Trent Krim if you're watching season three of Ted Lasso. So that book gave me a lot of insight as to what assistant coaches do. And usually you'll have like one guy who focuses on the offense, one guy who focuses on the defense, and then smaller roles for some of the specialists. Like I think the Warriors might have a guy that's kind of like just a Steph Curry coach almost. Mm. So you'll have some more specific things, but usually you've got the head coach who kind of oversees everything. You have an assistant that does offense and defense, and then you'll have other ones that will like look into specific things. Then you get other smaller jobs where you have people that are like looking at the film of the games and like putting together stuff. Sometimes those are assistant coaches. Sometimes those are like video coordinators and stuff like that. So it can really vary. And then I guess as far as like what they actually do, it really varies from team to team. Some teams are very scheme heavy where they have lots of plays like the Warriors run a lot of plays and Steve Kerr is the mastermind behind a lot of them. Other teams, you might just kind of have particular just like approaches you take. I think Tom Thibodeau kind of does this with the Knicks where for the most part, we're kind of just like either doing pick and rolls or some isolation plays. Like it's not a lot of strictly you run here, you go there, you stand here kind of things. Right. And a lot of that can depend on the roster and what players are on your team. So it really, really fluctuates. And I think that coaches oftentimes are very important. And you'll see things like this Heat team has no business being in the finals. But Eric Spolstra is a really smart coach. And I think that is where coaches come into play the most is in the playoffs because that's when you're playing the same team at least four times in a row. And that's where you're studying things and you're trying to decide which of our players should defend their players. I think when it comes to like matchups and trying to thwart what the other team is doing in the playoffs, that's where like coaches really shine. And that's why you will see someone like Doc Rivers who does great in the regular season still 
lose his job because of failing to advance in the playoffs after multiple years. Right. Yeah. And there now is kind of this revolving door of veteran coaches where like Nick Nurse has now been hired by the Philadelphia 76ers who coached the uh, Toronto Raptors to their championship in 2019. And then people just kind of like bounce around. But to go along with what Mike said, it really is a team by team basis. And in some cases, it is a little bit like American football, where you have almost a version of like an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. So for the Bulls, and I think he was also around for the the Lakers runs, um, when Phil Jackson was the coach, his assistant coach was Tex Winter. And Tex Winter is the person who literally invented the triangle offense. So like he was ostensibly the offensive coordinator for those teams. But yeah, to go back to what you're saying about Spolstra, what's incredibly impressive about Spo is that he has coached so many different kinds of teams. And you look at someone like a Phil Jackson and what Phil Jackson is most revered for is managing egos, right? He was at the helm of teams with Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. He was coaching Kobe and Shaq. Spolstra has done all of it, right? Spolstra has been there when it was LeBron and Wade and Chris Bosh, he's also led this team of, honestly, a bunch of misfits, in addition to Jimmy Butler, to the finals now. And that, to me, is the sign of a truly great coach, is like not just being able to do one thing, but being able to do a lot of things. So I, generally speaking, yes, I think coaches are scapegoated unfairly because they're just the easiest person to let go rather than like, we're going to blame one player or you know we're going to blame some like lesser known coach. But I do think there is a lot to be said for coaches being that X factor in terms of like what what you can get from a certain group of players. Yeah, I think it can really put your team over the edge. And it's something that becomes very important, as I said, come playoff time, which we are in. And uh, it's exciting. Really excited for these finals. But yeah, thank you for your question. That's a very fun question. Now, we'll very briefly get into full court press. Get it? Like the news? You did, that was a head nod because Adam is dealing with the siren problem, but we trudge forward. Now, there is some stuff to discuss about the finals, but we do touch on most of it in the interview that will close out this episode. But very, very briefly, just for context clues and everything, the Denver Nuggets sweeped the Lakers 4-0 to advance to the NBA finals. And it was very funny because LeBron James just so that people wouldn't talk about the Lakers getting swept, which is embarrassing. He pretended, I mean, this is all me conjecturing, but he acted like he might retire from basketball, which very successfully flipped the narrative from, oh my God, the Lakers just got swept to LeBron might retire. Like no way, absolutely no way at all. I think he fully did that just so that people wouldn't talk about getting swept. You might be right. I don't think that's that much of a tinfoil hat theory. And frankly, it's pretty shrewd if that was intentional on LeBron's part. Yeah, yeah. And then on the other side of things, you had the Heat go up 3-0 against the Celtics. That's embarrassing for the Celtics already because they were the one seed and the Heat were the eight seed. And they almost didn't make it into the playoffs because they almost lost to the Bulls in the play-in. And then the Heat went up 3-0 and it was looking real bad. And then the Celtics won three games in a row looking like they were going to pull off the thing that no NBA team has ever done, which is overcome a 3-0 deficit. But then, uh-oh, the Heat blew them out at home. They won by about 20 points. It was very embarrassing for the Boston Celtics and their fans and high-profile fans like Bill Simmons. And uh, it was just 
you know, it's just something that happens and uh, you can't bet against Jimmy Butler. He's just always going to fight through. And he did say last year when they lost to the Celtics in game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, he said, we are going to get into the same position and we are going to fight through. And then they were literally in the same position and fought through. Jimmy Butler is such a menace. I wonder if they lost those three games intentionally just so that his prophecy could come true. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, I will say (laughs) game six, the ending to game six, will kind of be one of those weird footnotes in NBA history because of the fact that the Celtics Mm. ultimately lost. But for anyone who didn't see the game, the Celtics were leading for most of the game. This was in Miami. Then the Heat came storming back. Down by two, Jimmy Butler gets fouled shooting a three. He calmly makes all three free throws. And with, I don't know, a couple seconds left, the Celtics inbound the ball to Marcus Smart. He shoots a fadeaway three. It rims out. And Derek White... Just right place, right time, jumps up, taps the ball in with one-tenth of a second. And I'll be very interested to see how much people remember that play 5, 10, 20 years from now, because I think it's one of those things that would be so much more meaningful. Like, if the Celtics went on to win the championship, that would be talked about forever in Boston and NBA history. Even without that, it's still an all-time wild moment in NBA history. And a lot of people, when that happened, were like, there's no way the Heat can possibly come back from that. I mean, imagine being a tenth of a second away from the finals and it gets taken from you and now they're going back to Boston. But look, Spolstra, amazing coach, Jimmy Butler, amazing leader. And then you had guys like Caleb Martin step up who are role players who just had absolutely huge games. And uh, I tell you what, hell of a series. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about it a lot more. But Anyone who's a basketball fan should be very excited about this finals matchup. Yeah, it's going to be good. Also, in other news, WNBA season has begun and it's off to a very fun start. If you root for the Sun, the Liberty or the Aces because you're kicking butt. The Wings also playing really well, as prophesized by me. I think someone asked either in an NBQ&A or something like a year or so ago. Someone was like, if I'm going to root for a team, who should I root for? And I was like, the Dallas Wings traded away a lot of players and got a bunch of picks. They're going to be good in like three years. And uh uh-oh, here we are. So the Wings are fun. My Storm are not doing great in the post-Sue Bird, post-Brianna Stewart era. But we do have an Australian player on our team named Jade Melbourne, and she's good. And that's all you need. <laughs> that's all you really need. It is. And I also do have one, one <laughs> slight but very important update about the WNBA from one of our patrons. Alex Louder writes in just with the all caps, Red Panda! And it just says, at the Connecticut Sun home opener, and Red Panda is dazzling us at halftime. I bet she was. It's uh, Red Panda. I would imagine she's going to be at at least one finals halftime show. But as I will always say, she should be the halftime performance for every single, like, there should never be a day in which basketball is played where Red Panda is not doing her routine at halftime. Like, that is just, if she's not booked it's a mistake by the collective basketball world because it's just so electric to watch her unicycle a million feet off the ground and flip bowls onto her head. It's You know exactly what's going to happen, and it doesn't get any less cool. I can't express how cool it is. Listen, if, if Jimmy is a bucket, Red Panda a bowl. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. I mean, they should legitimately market that. Like, I went to a Washington Wizards game for our buddy Josh's bachelor party, and it was like, the ticket even said, and they had it on the billboard outside, after the game, ludicrous concert. And you stayed in your seats, and Ludacris did like a 30-minute concert after the game. It was wonderful. It was fantastic. He played all the hits. 
But they should do a thing where it's like, hey, by the way, halftime, like, you know, when baseball, baseball reference, when teams are like, oh, it's bobblehead night or it's replica bat night or it's cap day or whatever. Or the Mariners once they did fedora night. Ugh, oh, boy. Ugh, big, big yikes. Big, oh, big, big oof there. They should do a thing where it's like, hey, Red Panda's the halftime show at this one. And the tickets should cost 12 I'm times more. I'm totally with it. <laughs> So there is other news. Coaches are getting fired and hired all over the place, but we can talk about that when there are not as many basketball games going on. But to close out this episode, let's have a very fun interview with some very fun folks that Adam knows from the comedy world. And I know one of the guys from our electric softball team, which is, oh, we're just going to make a huge playoff run. Two-time defending championship. I'll be honest. I was was raking last night. I was raking. Dude, you had a triple. You had a double. You had some plays at first. I had interesting thing where it was like I had we'll call it a single and a triple. Won't we? I got on base twice, but it was mainly because the defense was poor. But I'm not going to argue with it. You know, like, look, I'll at least call it a single and a double because I got to first base before the first base missed the throw. And then <laughs> the outfielders didn't touch the one I hit into the outfield. And technically, it's not an error, except for the man somersaulting backwards <laughs> on his attempt to catch it. <laughs> that that is the the one thing I do wish, but I, I will never allow myself to do it. I'm one of those guys that just like run super duper hard. So I never look at the ball and see what's happening. So I usually have to ask people what happened. And I hit this ball over a guy's head. And according to Adam, the guy like completely like banana peel it slipped. Was <laughs> it was like sports center, not top 10 sort of stuff. <laughs> well, I'll take it. we got a big win. But yeah. Uh, yeah. If you live uh, in the New York area and you want to see a team absolutely <laughs> kick some ass come through. <laughs> Yeah, we're just not plugging our shows anymore. Just come out to Central Park and watch this place. You're going to give a Hexer Field uh, <laughs> to 7 p.m. But yes, yeah, so we got a very fun interview. We actually did it before recording this, and it's a delight. So if you want to get insight into rooting interest, especially if you don't have a team to root for between the Heat and the Nuggets, this could be your guide. Listen to the fans. We have a representative from each team. And if you want to cheer for the same team Kelly is cheering for, you can root for the Denver Nuggets because at the beginning of the season, I bet a bunch of money. You know how we had those free bet things from New York? Mm-hmm. I did that at the beginning of last year, and then I made 250 bucks. But then because of the whole betting thing, you have to bet the money again before you can withdraw it. So I made a bunch of $5 bets in the beginning of the year because I looked online of what's the most surefire way to not lose money gambling. And basically, if you just make a bunch of $5 bets for things that are about you know, even odds, Mm -hmm. you will just like break even just because math. Right. So I did that. But then I made a couple of like home run bets and I was like, I think the Nuggets are good. They might win. I bet $5 on the Nuggets to win the championship in September. And now I'll make $85. Yeah, (laughs) let's go. So Kelly is a very passionate Denver Nuggets fan right now. (laughs) Amazing. Well, we're going to throw to the interview now. Um, We haven't talked about this yet. There's a chance that Mike and I may be doing some extra uh, Patreon posting after some of the finals games when we're able to. We did that a couple years ago. We've done it in the years past. I think we should keep it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll do our best to uh, to do that after each game, even if it's just like a five minute. Hey, this is what happened. But uh, anyway, time for the interview now. I think you folks will really enjoy it. Okay, so as we mentioned, we are doing what we did last year, uh, during which we had Josh Gondelman as the Celtics representative and Dan Yang as the Warriors representative. We've got two comedians here to defend their case for who is going to win the NBA Finals. Now, arguing the Heat side of things, we have uh, my good buddy. He's a great comic. Uh, he also rakes. <laughs> we play softball with him, Schubert and I. And also, he's recently on Amazon Prime. we got Evan Hernandez in the house. Evan, how you doing? Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Doing well. 
excited to get this series started. It's been a good run for the Heat, so let's do it. Hell yeah. And we also are joined by another good friend of mine. Very good basketball player, actually. I got to be honest. Pretty smooth, mm. Jay. Pretty solid jersey collection that you'll see at a lot of shows, but I'm, I'm burying the lead here. He's a great stand-up comic and also an Emmy Award winning writer. James Hamilton in the house. Huge Nuggets fan. How you feeling, James? Yeah, I'm feeling incredible. I've never experienced this in my life. I am regularly having reality checks where I'm going, is this a prank? What's <laughs> happening? This is a very special time. I was married in the last year and this rivals that. <laughs> Maybe not really, not really. I've already alienated everybody on the pod, but uh, no, but I am very excited. <laughs> James, I can relate to this because I got married in 2016. The Cubs won the World Series in 2016. And for years I had to be like, well, the Cubs winning the World Series was my second favorite thing. But then, and I don't recommend this, but I got divorced and now it totally <laughs> is. It's like a, an easy number one. So it all worked out. Yeah, well, you know what they say about a, a sports championship is the, they can't get rid of that in court, you know? Like they can't, That's true. Uh, mm -hmm. They can't mm -hmm. divide the yep. assets there. What sports have brought together, Except for NCAA no man titles. shall divide. <laughs> that is true. That does happen. <laughs> yes, yes. So very excited to have you both here. Now, it's kind of a different fandom for both of you. So I think the best way to start is to just give us a little context in terms of your love for each team, your knowledge of each team. Uh, Evan, I'm going to start with you because uh, you did provide us some context before that you're not, you wouldn't consider yourself like a diehard Heat fan, but obviously you spent a lot of time in Florida. You know the Heat well. So give us some background. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I can't say I'm the, the Heat's number one fan here. Uh, my fandom of the NBA since I was a kid has kind of been as a whole. So for the last Last 20 years it's been just kind of i kind of picked teams based on some qualities that that i like and kind of just follow those teams through the years the heat were not that until kind of recently although i spent a good half of my life in florida uh it was the heat they got to the finals in 2020 and it was a very different heat team that i saw in high school and early college with lebron and wade and bosh and and the heatles and all that because that was a bit a lot of the qualities i picked my my teams are based on is kind of you know unselfishness kind of underdogs kind of they play hard so that was not that was not necessarily the Heatles of uh, before, but this is a team that kind of uh, exemplifies those qualities. And that's why uh, I've kind of been backing them since, since 2020 to my team out of the East. So uh, that's kind of the background. Yeah. And I, I'm guessing sadly, and this makes me feel old, but are, are you kind of too young to have appreciated like the Dwayne Wade uh, Shaq Heat team that won the championship? That is when my family first moved to Florida out of New York. That's the first team I saw down there when I got there. So I did get to see those oh, teams, cool. fortunately. So those are pretty cool. Again, generally, my NBA general fandom has been because the New York teams are at least kind of tough to root for. So um, for, <laughs> I'm much, you know, for the casual fans of this podcast, you can absolutely go cafeteria mode and buffet mode and just pick, you know, every few years like I do. <laughs> I've been doing it for decades. So feel free. Well, that's very much on brand for kind of how we tell people to become fans who listen to this podcast, because the whole idea is that it's people who aren't necessarily huge basketball or sports fans. And people will write in sometimes and be like, who should I be a fan of? And we usually are like, well, if you want drama, there are certain directions to go. If you mm -hmm. want to root for certain players, you can go that direction. But James, over to you. You, I feel like you being a Nuggets fan is a not insignificant part of your personality. Like it's something that I've known <laughs> about you even when, before we really knew each other very well. So I assume that you're pretty much a, a lifelong here. What's your origin story? Yeah, I grew up playing basketball. I was um, 
convinced that I was going to be a professional basketball player, uh, which, you know, for as nice of the things that you said early on, uh, was an incredible pipe dream, incredibly unrealistic. <laughs> but I held on to that until probably freshman year when you play in high school and you're like, oh, I'm going to come off the bench, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I always loved basketball and uh, my the Nuggets were my first love on that. You know, I grew up in Colorado, so it was... Um, an easy thing to get into. Uh, but I grew up at the time of the Dikembe Mutombo Nuggets, the the Jalen Roses, the Mahmoud mm-hmm. Abdul Roofs, and Lafonso Ellis. Uh, if you don't know this time period, uh, the Denver Nuggets were the first eight seed to bump a number one seed in the playoffs. So they were these incredible yeah. underdogs. Uh, it was very thrilling. You know, they walked so that the heat could run now. As, um, <laughs> that was the team that I was into. And then uh, to make a very long story short, then we went through some very painful years, like historically bad teams. Uh, and I was a fan through all of this, would go to some of these, would take it very personally, thought it was my own fault that the Nuggets were winning <laughs> 11 or 12 games a year. Um, they were very, very bad. Eventually, they got Carmelo Anthony and made their way back to the Western Conference Finals, which was very thrilling, and then um, returned to some difficult or middling times. And then the Jokic years started, uh, which has been a thrill to watch. And, and you know, even at this point, uh, it's not necessarily surprising that they're this good, but I do think that that they've kind of become this good that quickly has been really fun to be part of. But yeah, I think it's a big part of my personality. I have like mini Nuggets jerseys. I have my original Nuggets starter jacket from when I was a kid uh, that yeah. still fits because luckily we wore clothes very large at that <laughs> point. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's a big thing for sure. Yeah, I mean, I will share a link to this, but there's an iconic video. So the Denver Nuggets were the eight seed against the number one seeded Seattle Supersonics. And uh, side note, let's please get men's basketball back in Seattle. That needs to happen. We talk about For it all sure. the time, but that yeah. needs to happen. Um, but there's a, a fairly iconic image. This was when the first round was best three of five. The Nuggets came back and beat the Sonic. And in game five, Dikembe Mutombo is like laying on his back, like shaking the ball above his head. So and, and as a young basketball fan, even though I, I wasn't a fan of the Nuggets, like that image is kind of seared into my brain. And I'm sure it is uh, for you as well, James. So I'm Definitely. honestly like just as a fan of Bulls and Mike is a fan of the Knicks, like I think we're both super excited about this series because I wouldn't be mad at either team winning. Like, yes, the Heat have won three championships in my lifetime, but like this Heat team doesn't even resemble those teams, so it almost doesn't occupy the same space in my brain. And and for Denver, I mean, it's been, it, they've never been to the finals, right? So it's, yeah. they're an exciting team. They're arguably like one of the most slept on number one teams ever. And I'm sure your opinion is like, let people sleep on them all the way to a championship. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's definitely been what's happening at every point of the playoffs. There's been a moment where a an announcer on TV, someone who's paid probably millions of dollars to do their job has a moment where they go, wow, the Nuggets are good. And I'm like, what have you been watching this year? This is a very, very good basketball team. But much like the Heat, I think the Nuggets function well with a bit of a a chip on their shoulder. And I think we have two teams this series that have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. The the Heat, obviously, because they're an eight seed, kind of exceeding people's expectations. But the the Nuggets as a one seed that everybody kind of wrote off early on. So it's in that regard, I think it's going to be a very fun series. Yeah, I also think 
what I'm branding this playoffs, this final series as is the how can you not like this guy finals with a Jimmy versus Jokic where if anyone said they didn't like one of those guys, I would be very suspicious of them. Like Jokic is just such an interesting star that seems like so unfazed with all of the drama of basketball. He just like wants to hoop and like doesn't even care that much. And then Jimmy Butler is like the complete opposite where like he wants to murder everyone at all times. And it's very fun for those to be like the two stars going against each other. It's going to be a very interesting dynamic. What I love about the difference between the two star players, and let's not you know sleep on Jamal Murray here, but obviously Jokic and Butler are kind of the, the headliners, is that when I look at Jimmy Butler physically, he has the appearance of someone where I'm like, if I exercise 20 hours a day and never ate a carb, I would still never look like that. And then I look at Jokic and I'm like, if I only ate carbs, I still wouldn't look like that. And they're both still so good. And I appreciate that Jokic is a little more relatable that way. I mean, there's a reason the guy was a second round draft pick. People didn't think he would either have the physicality or wasn't in shape enough to play at this level. And he has just shown year after year that he is, I think, certainly if not the best player in the league, a top three, top five player. I mean, you see it in the MVP voting. He easily could have won again this year. And uh, what do you guys think in terms of like who will be kind of the stars of the series? Do you think it will be Jokic and Butler? Do you think it'll be more kind of secondary players? Where do you uh, see that falling? I can go first on that one. Please. I think that Jokic will be the star here. I think that uh, I think Jokic will be the star for two reasons. Number one, I think he can't not be. I think he's too good. I think that he <laughs> does everything on the court. So even if he's not scoring, he's running point guard, which is incredible because he's seven feet tall and about 300 pounds. And he's also going to get 15 to 20 rebounds every single game. So like he's going to be right at the core of everything that the Nuggets do. I also think that, you know, for people to watch out there, like the Heat are probably going to dare Jokic to beat them and they're going to try to make it so that everybody else on the team uh, is guarded really tightly. Uh, that's what a, a lot of the other teams have done in the playoffs where they're going to say, all right, Jokic, we'll just let you go one-on-one -on -one against um, Bam Adebayo, who, the Miami center, and we're just going to let you do this, but we're going to take away your ability to pass. So I think my hunch is that we're going to see some very high-scoring games from Jokic. That's, that's my guess. Yeah. Evan, what do you think? Do you think this will be the Jimmy Butler series or do you think the Nuggets will be like, let anybody except Jimmy beat us? So I think Jimmy Butler has to have a few Hemi games <laughs> in him for this, for the Heat to win this series. I mean, I, I understand this is, you know, it's a four to one probability here, but I think at least two of those games has to be, you know, Jimmy going Hemi and getting at least 45 and but I think the key to this, and James kind of touched on this a little bit, is Bam Adebayo, the center, the 6'10 center for the Heat. He is going to be the one guarding Jokic. His offense kind of went away in the last two games against Boston. He is the key to the Heat's game being, their offense being layered. And that's a big piece of the Heat's offense is a layered game. It's not just chucking threes. The reason they get such good looks is because of their inside-out game that they play with Bam. And if his offense gets going and if he can stay with Jokic and get his switches onto Jamal Murray, because I know they're going to run, be running some sort of pick and roll with that. I think that definitely he's the key to it. And um, if he has a good series, 
and there's a couple Hemi games, it'll be those two that I'll take the heat all the way. Well, he has filed for a trademark for Hemi buckets as of today. So if he does get that application approved during the finals, we could see the before and after stats. And maybe that would be the fuel knowing that legally no one else can sell merchandise with Hemi buckets on it. Yeah, he's got to come out with the clothing line during the finals. There's going to be no no better uh, promo (laughs) than coming out with a Hemi bucket shirt before the game or whatever. Mm -hmm. Hemi buckets blend of Big Face Coffee. Like the merchandising (laughs) opportunities for Jimmy if the Heat win, it's going to be off the charts. Like, and that's, that's why I think it'll be fun. Like, I think this is interesting. And I wanted to ask the two of you about this in terms of fandom, you know, like what will this mean for either the fans of the team or the city that the team is from? Like, obviously with the Nuggets, as you'd mentioned, James, like they had such struggles for so long. This is their first time in the finals. A lot of people sleep on them in terms of being this top contender. And then the Heat have just had this like wildly improbable playoff run. So I feel like either win is going to be this big story of, oh, this is really cool. So I guess just for the two of you, like if your team wins the finals, how do you think the city will appreciate it? What will the fans be like? Is this just going to be kind of like Adam with the Cubs where it's like we won one. It doesn't matter anymore. Like everything is gravy. How's it going to go down? Yeah, I think for the Nuggets fans, particularly the lifelong Nuggets fans, I think it it will be sort of a, the first one will be very much a like, okay, well, we got that. And so I don't really care what comes after this. That was incredible. Not only have we kind of suffered through some very bad teams, we've also suffered in a decidedly football city. It like it is definitely the hometown of the Denver Broncos in every single way. And so it's not that there's a tiny fan base there. It's just that they're kind of always overshadowed by what the Denver Broncos do. I also think that if the Nuggets win, it's also significant for many smaller market basketball teams. So I think that there are a lot of other smaller markets that are watching and are interested because, you know, the Nuggets and Denver is not necessarily a destination for, you know, free agents and for these huge names to want to go. So the idea that the Nuggets have kind of built this team from scratch and we've all watched them come of age, like literally watched some of these people since they were 19 years old and we're watching them turn into stars in front of our eyes, I think is huge for us in terms of emotional buy-in. I also think that like it is going to be big for other smaller market teams, just like I think when uh, Milwaukee, when Milwaukee won, I think it was big for smaller market teams. And I certainly was cheering for the Milwaukee Bucks when they won simply because I was like, here is a similarly constructed team with a star like Giannis, that they have worked to put people around this one star and and work to evolve with him over the course of his career. And Evan, what about you? What do you think this would mean to the fans of Miami? Would they stay for the whole fourth quarter or would they leave and then try to come back (laughs) in? How will this play out? Yeah, the notorious uh, Miami. They are great fans of Miami, but a notorious, uh, you know, mistake, I guess, that they made in game six of the, uh, I believe, of the, was it 14 finals, 13, 14 finals? They left the game early, and the Heat ended up winning the game, which then led them to win their last championship. Um, but no, I think the, the, the Miami fans are great fans of basketball, and they, this would mean a lot to them. But I can't pretend it would mean nearly as much as it would to Denver. I understand, you know, there's been three titles this century, but definitely Heat fans would appreciate it from a different perspective. That, and I would too, from a different perspective, that this is a different team. This is not these star-studded teams that the Heat have previously won championships with. This is a win for coaching. It's a win for Eric Spolstra, who's the best coach in the NBA right now. Uh, he started in the video room. You know, now he worked his way to be a coach. I mean, it's just a hell of a story. It's also a win for wa- roster construction. Yeah. I mean, this team has 
I mean, the last 26 drafts, the Heat have had to make only 14 first-round picks because of all the moves they made previously in this earlier in the century and earlier in the decade. So they've had to do this largely with undrafted players. The Heat are really a team that is zigging when the rest of the NBA is zagging uh, to a degree that the Nuggets as well, where they're kind of only doing this with one star with Jimmy Butler and then just a supporting cast of kind of discarded or really underrated NBA players. So I think it's a win for roster construction that there's more than one way to construct a roster and you can win still with grit and grind. This is a grit and grind team similar to the Memphis Grizzlies and 14 that can score and that, you know, and that, that, that can shoot three. So I think it's a win for coaching and for roster construction. I, yeah, I mean, the Heat, as you will hear on the broadcast, roughly 87 times per game have a lot of undrafted players. And I think every single game, they're like, oh, look at all these guys who weren't drafted. But even their star, Jimmy Butler, he was the 30th pick in the first round. So they truly are a team made up of guys that were, you know, underrated, slept on, passed by, and then the Heat, for whatever reason, however they found them, turned them into legitimate players that are going to get paid big bucks in a couple of years. So good for that. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like, you know, if you are watching these playoffs from afar, you're kind of watching an ESPN site, there are a lot of like big name pundits and announcers who are going to kind of spin this as like a sad finals for the NBA, just in terms of you don't have the Lakers, you don't have the Celtics, you don't have the Bulls, and you don't have stars of the magnitude of LeBron or Giannis. And I just think that that's categorically incorrect. Like, I think that the storylines here are so compelling. If you are here for drama, if you are here for backstory, like, the every player here has a backstory that is, like, compelling and, like, moving, and they're all of them have overcome the odds in one way or another. I mean, like, some of the Nuggets players like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., who are the second and third leading scorer. Both of these guys, within recent memory, have had nearly career-ending injuries in which they were told they might never play basketball again. And so, like, even those, you know, players have overcome something. Like, the storylines here are so thick and so compelling and dramatic. And no matter how the series plays out, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot to love here just in terms of being a basketball fan. Yeah. I, I tell you who's got a backstory is uh, Markeith Morris. Oh, boy. Quite a story about a back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not the proudest uh, Denver Nuggets moment. No, and, I mean, uh, more, in fairness, Morris did start that fight. If, if anyone's wondering what we're talking about, Markeith Morris got into it with Jokic. What was that last year? I feel like that was the beginning of last season maybe, or two years ago. I think it was two years ago. And then yeah. uh, Jokic shoved him in the back and he missed. It's not funny, but he missed like a decent amount of time because of whiplash, I think was the like yeah. official. I think general rule of thumb, I wouldn't provoke someone who is the size of a literal bear. Like he's right, seven right, feet, right. 300 pounds. Like maybe <laughs> get into an argument with someone smaller. I just, I wouldn't upset yeah. that man. <laughs> a thing to watch for with the Nuggets is that Jokic's brothers, these two guys come to many of the games. They were at that game. So this, you know, fight is kind of breaking out on the court where Jokic has now you know, run into Morris's back and, you know, Jimmy Butler is screaming at Jokic from the other side, you know, like it's chaos. And then there are Jokic's brothers in the stands trying to come on to the court and they are larger than their brother. So Jokic's brothers are bigger <laughs> than him. They're gigantic Serbian men trying to push their way onto the court. And they are fixtures at a lot of these games. <laughs> In some ways, probably not how the NBA wants, because uh, they will 
try to fight if you get into it with them. But they're also like beloved by a lot of the Nuggets organization. When the Nuggets made the finals, they made their way down to the court and were invited onto the court and picked up the Nuggets coach and like carried him off. And these are like men who are, you know, seven one, seven two, picking up the small Nuggets coach. It was a a sight that I didn't expect to move me emotionally, but somehow it did, you know? Now, is there any chance they would be open to being hired to keep John Morant from his friends? Is that like something they (laughs) might be? (laughs) I think, yeah, John Morant would benefit from these guys because if you hear Jokic talk about things, um, I think his brothers must keep him on the straight and narrow because he doesn't have any extra stuff in his life. There was a clip recently where somebody was like, what have you learned from being a father and has it helped you at all with basketball? And he just goes, no. It hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> he was, and he's like, the only thing that it's done is like remind me that basketball isn't the most important thing, that you I have like that. these other things that are more important. And I was like, well, that's actually a yes. It did teach you something, but, right. uh, <laughs> but I, I love your style. And um, yeah. Now, to get back to something that Mike and, and Evan were both talking about with all the undrafted players on the Heat, uh, I want to ask both of you a question. And this is my way of conveniently shoehorning in a, a Bulls reference. Who did, you know, the Nuggets only lost seven games in Denver this year, and the Bulls were one of those losses. So I, I kind of feel like if the Nuggets win, that really means that the Raise Bulls the banner. are Raise the champions. The because if they yeah. won, you know. But <laughs> yes. all that aside, I want both of you to give me your nomination for what I am calling the John Paxson Steve Kerr Award. Meaning... Who on the Nuggets or the Heat, who is not Butler, Adebayo, you know, Jokic or Jamal Murray, which lesser known player is going to come up big, hit a game winning shot, have some sort of dramatic moment? Who, who's your nomination? I'll start with uh, with Evan. I'm going to go with Caleb Martin. Mm. He's the, uh, the standout from the Eastern Conference Finals. He's uh, another undrafted player, a 6'6 forward from Nevada, who uh, been, been on a few teams, his identical twin brother. Cody, I believe, is still on the Charlotte Hornets. These are both like eight-point-per-game kind of guys. And then Caleb Martin goes off for 20 points a game in the Eastern Conference Finals. Which, real quick, if you were an identical, his identical twin, it'd be like, what the hell, man? I'm the same guy, literally <laughs> and genetically, that you are. We his brother's probably like, why can't I I'll do tell you why. Charlotte? Because the Charlotte Hornets' infrastructure is crumbling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is true. They are the leading candidate to go back to Seattle, I guess, probably. right? If, they, if there was a team. But I would say it's going to be Caleb Martin. He just had such an impact in the last series. And, you know, they're, they're trusting him to start now. And they're giving him some really big shots and really big opportunities. So if uh, Tyler Hero doesn't get back in time, which uh, will allow for the audible to be him, if it, if he gets back by game three, it's going to be look out for Caleb Martin. In this one. I just want Hero to suit up again so we don't have to see his stupid fucking outfits every game. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's only so many yeah, bucket hats bad. I can tolerate on the on the sidelines. Well, there's only so many bucket hats in the world. He might be running out. He's worn so many different ones. He might be running out. He is a bucket, but as far as a bucket hat is concerned, I don't love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, My answer would be Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I feel this way for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's a great defender. I think that we will probably be putting Aaron Gordon on Jimmy Butler a lot, but I think um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope or KCP is going to get some time there. So I think he's a great defensive player. I think he's kind of turned into our veteran leadership, which is crazy because he's probably 31 years old. But he also is just a great shooter. And he is kind of, you know, for talking about storylines, he's had a really great one, which is that he was on the 2020 uh, Lakers champion team. And he was a contributing member of that team, an important member of that team. And then they shipped him out 
to bring in Russell Westbrook. Uh, he was part of the people that got sent out uh, and not valued uh, in terms of what he brought. So this last, you know, Western Conference Finals was kind of a redemption tour for him. It was him hitting three after three after three on the team that had given up on him. And I think that that's going to continue. I think KCP is a very good player. He's a good leader. And also when you watch him, he's the type of guy who benefits from how good Jokic is at passing because KCP is very smart. He knows exactly the spot to go. And Jokic will find you there. And Jokic is now the tallest player on the floor without a doubt. When you look at the Heat's roster, they don't have anybody who's going to be taller than him. So he he's going to find people like KCP who are just going to be hopefully reigning threes, much like the Steve Kerrs and Paxtons of the past. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, I think, uh, Mike, unless you've got anything else, I think it, the time has come to get the official prognostications and, and predictions here. James, you know, I have a feeling you're going to be predicting the Nuggets. I want you to tell me how many games the Nuggets are, are going to win in and why that's going to happen. I'm definitely picking the Nuggets. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I'm picking the Nuggets because it would be betraying a part of myself That's if fair. I didn't. But I do think, um, I think the Nuggets win in five. Wow. Wow. Which is a, a hot it. take. I love it. I think the Nuggets are an extremely good basketball team and in a way that just like they're made to function at the highest possible level, no matter what is thrown at them. I think that they adjust well, they come out of half times well, like they're really well coached. Jokic is effectively a coach on the floor. I think they have so many things working for them. I think they're peaking at exactly the right time. I don't think they're gonna sweep because I think that Jimmy Butler wouldn't allow such a thing. And I think that the Heat have too many pieces. I have a deep love for Kyle Lowry, who will be coming off the bench for the Heat. I think they have too many pieces to, to let that happen. Five is maybe slightly wishful thinking, but I'm going to go Nuggets in five. Okay. Now, before we get to Evan's pick, I'm going to ask you to consider something, James, that I know you don't want to, but this is a fill in the blank for you. If the Nuggets lose the finals, it will be because of blank. If the Nuggets lose the conspiracy the of the NBA, they don't want the small markets to win. <laughs> the script, the big time media the, has finally the gotten their way. <laughs> All Nuggets fans do think that way. So uh, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. All right. If the Nuggets lose, it will be because of Eric Spolstra, which is the Heat's yeah. coach. Mm. Yeah. I think that if anybody can figure out how to slow the Nuggets down. If anybody can figure out how to throw Jokic off of his game, it is Spolstra. And no one else has been able to do this. And for me, we have played more talented players than Jimmy Butler. We have played people with a similar will to win, and we have triumphed, but we have not faced a coach of the level of Eric Spolstra. That's fair. I mean, other than maybe Greg Popovich, give me a better coach in the NBA. Yeah. I, I don't. And yeah. weirdly, he's won zero Coach of the Year awards, which is. Spolstra? Uh, yeah, he's won zero. Yeah. Wow. wow. It's one of those, like, it's, it always ends up being like most improved team is yeah. the person uh -huh. who wins Coach of the Year. So, right. um, yeah, that is, that is genuinely wild that that's the case. Evan, I'm guessing you're not going to go Nuggets in five, but who do you have here? It's not going to be the Nuggets in five, but based on the, uh, on the side I am going for here i'm gonna have to take the heat in seven if they Ooh. win the series i think it's gonna have to be it's gonna be a seven game series there's no way the heat get it done uh, unless than that the nuggets are a really good team they're the best offensive team in the playoffs but i think if there's a team that can defensively figure them out it's gonna be the heat it's gonna be eric spolstra it's gonna be 
all the switching they're going to do. Bam can guard, you know, he can really get out on the perimeter. And obviously the other guys can guard every position. So if they switch to the zone, I mean, they have a lot of things to work with. I think they're definitely going to probably lose game one because of just the rest factor going to Denver, the altitude. I think that's going to be a big challenge. Uh, but I think if you can split games one and two, hopefully you get Tyler Hero back in game three. That's your second leading scorer from the regular season. Again, he's buckets and bucket hats, so <laughs> that makes a huge difference. So I think that with a good game from the supporting cast and the rest of the supporting cast, I think defensively they should kind of make Jokic pass because it's kind of a pick your poison with them. He's either going to put up his triple-double somehow, make him pass, and play the percentages and hope these role players for the Nuggets can't hit their threes. Yeah, let's go Heat and seven. Let's see it. I Honestly, I agree with both of these takes. I think that um, it is conceivable to think of the Nuggets winning in a shorter series. It is very hard to imagine like a Heat in five scenario. And uh, look, the Heat have proven everyone wrong the whole playoffs. And I say this truly not as like shoehorning in a, a Bulls reference, but people forget like the Bulls were up by five points with two minutes left in that play in game, like butterfly effect of it all. The Bulls for sure would not be where the Heat are. Let me be clear about that. But like, I'm honestly glad that the Bulls lost that game so that we have all as basketball fans gotten to see the Heat do what they've done over the past month and a half because it's pretty miraculous. Now, Evan, same question that I asked James. I think most people agree that the Nuggets just have more talent, but same deal, fill in the blank. If the Heat lose this series, it will be because of what? It's going to be because the the defense couldn't contain the Nuggets offense. I think it's going to be, even if you contain Jokic and he gets held to 25 and 8 and something like that, it's because these the, the players around him all hit their threes and they shoot over 40% from three, which they're definitely capable of. I think that's how they get beat. I think if Tyler Hero doesn't come back or he comes back like game five or six where like it doesn't really make a huge impact, you know, and the offense is struggling, Bam is struggling. I think that's, you know, that's a recipe for yeah. this team. All right. I just lose. have I have one final question just out of curiosity for James, because Evan, I know that with the Heat, you've got some big Miami celebrity fans such as Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide, Mr. 305, and also DJ Khaled, who says his name a lot. But for Denver, who's like the <laughs> who's the courtside like celebrities at the Nuggets game? Are there any? Is Elway in the mix? Like who's there? Um, it's always Broncos. That's okay. that just that gives you a feeling of <laughs> what the vibe in Denver can be you know it's like i remember going to games and it's like von miller's on the sideline mm. or you know russell wilson is definitely going to be on the sideline he's been on the sideline for a lot of things oh man i think you should pay him to get away I mean, he, he does belong on a <laughs> sideline to be fair yeah yeah it's where oh, yeah, it's, okay, where, okay, it's okay. where he should be so i think that that's i mean the big one is is that they're going to be people like that i think that that's when espn and these you know as we're making fun of the like media for not knowing how to cover us. I mean, the one thing that we definitely don't have is celebrities sitting on the sideline. Now, I'm sure it'll be like a Colorado Rockies player who like came up through the farm system and is hitting 230. <laughs> but like, I'm sure he'll be there too. But, you know, I don't think people know what to make of that. So, Mike, it's funny to hear you mention the, the Heat fans like Pitbull and DJ Khaled because it occurs to me like the Heat are known for doing like the white out, like everybody wear white. And Miami's probably the only city where most of the fans are like, we were already wearing just white. Like we, we did not yeah. do anything mm -hmm. differently than we would have. This is just what we wear. Mm -hmm. We just showed up in our clothes. Oh, it's a thing now. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, you got one, James? Yeah, there is. I just remembered this. Um, there is this <laughs> electronic music slash rap group 
called 303. Or you, I don't know if you're. They're from they're Denver, from and they go to the game. Is that the Denver area code? Is the Denver area code? Yeah, but theirs nice. is three O H exclamation point exclamation point three O three. Yeah. Um, so we got three O three versus Mister three O five. Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah, that's what it is. 303, I've seen them perform at numerous Nuggets games, as we're saying this. Um, I've oh. seen them do the halftime show. They love the Nuggets. Nice. It is painful That's to me so because cool. it is like, if you imagined what a musician living in Denver, Colorado right now looks like, it would be two white guys who are like aging and are like still into electronica sort of like rapping styles. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty humiliating, but they will be there. Yeah. Keep an eye out. Too yeah. many dank nuggets. Keep it, you know? oh, that's... Too many dank nugs. That is true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, 303. I saw them at Warp Tour when I was wow. in high school. Yay. Yeah, they will be there. <laughs> oh, good. Good. <sighs> Incredible stuff. Well, any parting thoughts? I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot here. James, Evan, you got final words before we let you do your plugs? I don't, as a rule, cheer against Jimmy Butler. I think that uh, there's too many reasons to cheer for him. He has overcome like kind of too many times of people saying that he couldn't do something. And uh, so I don't cheer against him. I also think it is unwise to root against mm -hmm. him. He will punish you. I've said many times before that um, Jimmy Butler is my favorite player who I would not want to hang out with at all, because uh, I think <laughs> it, he probably, like, is constantly testing his friends just to see how tough they are and, like, you know, seeing what their spirit is all about. But I don't cheer against him. So I, I this is the sort of thing where, you know, unlike if we were playing the Celtics or something where I would, I would have a bit of a fire uh, against the other team, this is really just a pro- nuggets moment for me and this is um just enjoying that moment i love it evan yeah two quick things speaking of the uh the celebrities on each side let's not forget the miami celebrity who's on the team the veteran udonis haslam who has been on this team since 06 since i was about 11 <laughs> yeah, old years old it is Dwayne Wade City, but if there's a 1A beloved in that city, it's going to be Udonis Haslam. I mean, if all goes horrible for the Heat, I mean, at least hopefully they get him in and he can just be UD, even if it's for like three and a half minutes. I'm just glad you didn't mention so. Marlins, man, because I know he's going to be there and is all orange, and I just <laughs> I just can't stand it. That, and then lastly, I want to know how excited all of you guys are to see the, the definitely that's going to happen, the mistaken bets of betting a triple-double Nikola Jokic, but it's actually instead mistakenly putting Nikola Jovic. Oh, on what a treat. Oh, I didn't even realize that's that. Gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm -hmm, the Jovic, mm -hmm. Nikola. Probably get some better matchup. odds on the uh, the Heat player. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Just given that he's played about zero I was going to say, so how many minutes has he actually played? That's a good one. I hope that comes true. Well, I tell you what, we've got quite a series ahead of us. When I was texting James before Game 7, we were both saying, like, yeah, you d you would not want to be facing a Celtics team that's just made history and come back from 3 But on the other side, it's a little intimidating to be facing a Heat team that got punched in the face in Game 6 the way they did and came back and won by 20 on the road. Like, that is a team that is well-coached. That is a team that is not afraid of anything. And just as a fan and someone who wants to see basketball keep happening, uh, I would love a, a seven-game series. But... We shall see how it plays out. But uh, thank you to both of you for your time. This was a ton of fun. Uh, Evan, let me start with you. What uh, what do you want to plug? Where can people follow you? What do you got going on? People can follow me at Evan Hernandez Comedy on Instagram. Uh, what is going on? We have Kuba Libre Comedy. It's a weekly comedy show that I produce in Brooklyn. We're out at the Kiwana Stretchers Boathouse every Friday. It's a free show. We got drinks out there. It's always a good time. Got a rotating group of comedians. So come check us out. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, sure thank thing. you guys James, for having me. This take it fun. away. 
Yeah, you can find me. Uh, Instagram's probably the best spot. At the Jam Ham is where you can find me there. I have an album recording uh, at Union Hall here in Brooklyn on June 16th. Two shows that night. So I'd love if uh, if anybody's looking for uh, a good show. Uh, Vanessa Gonzalez. And there's no finals game that night. Good scheduling. There's no finals. Yeah, I would have had to mm. call off this uh, culminating <laughs> moment for me if there had been. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Vanessa Gonzalez is a very funny comedian. She'll be opening for me. Uh, so it's going to be a really fun night. And uh, that's June 16th at Union Hall. Love. And I tell you what, for any bagel enthusiasts out there, James Hamilton, maybe the best follow in the game. I mean, Bagel Saturdays are a thing. It's a big thing for us. Yeah. Happy Bagel Saturday ahead of time. It's a big thing to those who celebrate. We want to be respectful. Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. But thank you both very much. This was a blast. And, uh, you know, go Heat, go Nuggets. May the best team win. And uh, let's do it again next year, huh? Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse Horses, hosted by Adam Amawala and Mike Schubert. Our editor is Kensei Suramaki. The music is by Bettina Kambamanis. The art is by Alison Wickman. The website is by Kelly Schubert. And the social media is by both of the Horse Boys. Thank you to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Bang, Bang, Roast Beef Debris, Denver Steam Nuggets, Anna Reed, Steph Curry, Watching NBA Finals 3s on TVs. Oh, not this commercial again. Bang. There's no way Steph eats Subway. Come on. <laughs> Hi, Trish. Nicole Arsenal. Stubby Boardman gets paid. Chase Underulo. Mr. Bubbles plays ball. And of course, Naked Rachel. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops because... Horse Hoops was run by the guy who added Duncan Robinson to the group chat. And it's like, come on. Come on, Trevor. We know what you're come doing. Come on, Trevor. We know what you're doing, Trevor. <laughs> no, you know what? It's Boston, so you know his name is like Jonesy or oh, Smitty yeah, or something yeah, yeah, yeah. stupid. His legal first name is Trevor, but yes, he's actually... Bobby or Robbie <laughs> or Tommy. <laughs> oh, man. Amazing stuff. But go to our website, horsehoops.com, for links to some of the fun stuff we talked about today, including maybe some Red Panda content Yo, and mm-hmm. a Dikembe Mutombo celebrating in the playoffs. Uh, in such a wonderful uniform. I have that. Dikembe Mutombo oh, Nuggets it's uniforms, greatest greatest jersey of NBA history of all time. If you want to support the Horse Boys, you can go to patreon.com slash horse hoops. You can get jerseys, stickers. I will actually be mailing those out now that I'm back and I have them. So you can go and get digital things. You can also get bonus content. Like Adam and I said, we'll be doing stuff for the finals and we're going to get better about posting things such as overtime. I recorded a voice memo for something that we didn't even talk about full court press and I predicted this, Carmelo Anthony retired and it made me feel emotional. So I recorded a 15 minute thing of me just walking uh, as I made a grocery run and talking about Carmelo Anthony because it made me feel conflicted emotions because he's been a big- It's funny when you retire and everyone was like, weren't you already? Uh, (laughs) It's sad. It's sad the way the NBA works and I understand why teams do it. It's just more logical to take a gamble on an undrafted young guy than it is to like get a veteran guy but it would have been cool if he like went out with a bang there were talks that the knicks were going to do it and then we were too good this year so we couldn't do it <laughs> it would have been super fun yeah, but i get it shout yeah. out to mellow stay mellow forever except the l is always a seven but you can go to patreon.com to do that you can go to horsesoups.com merch you get stuff nerds shirts and digital items and stuff like that you can get the horse theme song as your ringtone good stuff there but we're going to close out this episode by saying something on the count of three what are we feeling what are we feeling okay so It seems like just for financial purposes, you might be leaning more nuggets. I am still a a Jimmy Butler purist, really. I I love the guy. I mean, I got to see him 
start to bloom into what he is now. So why don't you give us a go Nuggets? I'll give us a go Heat because honestly, we're all winners here and we're just lucky as basketball fans. How about we roll with it? And what if we say go seven on three? Just because the way we all win is by having maximum basketball. So I think on the count of three, we say go seven. Yes, one slight note. I'm going to need a go seven triple overtime. Go. Okay, cool. So on the count of three, we will say go seven triple overtime. Yeah, Okay. because you want more basketball when you've already gotten more Got basketball. it, got it. Cool. So go seven triple overtime on three. One, two, three. Go, go seven triple, triple OT, baby. Look at that free basketball, just like you and I went to that baseball game and it went to the 14th inning. <laughs> free baseball, baby. Let's get free basketball. <laughs>